process. State of the Union. Yeah. Oh. Oh, our State of the Union is improving the lives of seniors um, by preventing them um, from going to a nursing home and keeping them safe in their home or community as long as possible. So how'd y'all get started doing that? What what led you? Now, I know you both were in healthcare, right? We're both registered nurses. Okay, awesome. So Thank you. We have worked every role of nursing um, from being a caregiver, uh, nurse supervisor, administrative of nursing homes, uh, nurse consultant. So definitely we have a love for seniors, but it hit home for us, for our grandmother, when she told us she didn't want to go to a nursing home and she needed care and she wanted to stay in her home. Okay. So that's how we started. Awesome. So you guys are from Americas. Yes. All right. Tell us that story. So how did you get from, I mean, you went into the nursing career, you went into all the different things that you guys have done. And then so when it was time for your grandma to need some, some help, you guys decided this might be the calling, right? The calling for us to move into this area. Tell us how that worked. Well, it was always our calling. As Jessica said, you know, we have a passion for seniors. I've only worked with seniors since I was 22 years old and finished nursing school. So that's just, that was the calling. Mm -hmm. um, it just became an entrepreneur journey for us when our grandmother needed services and we couldn't find anyone to uh, fulfill the need that we had for her. And um, all the years working in a nursing home, we, I never once met someone who wanted to be there. Mm -hmm. um, they needed to be there for some reason or another. And quite a few really could have been at home if they would have had someone who could provide some services for them. And so um, we just saw a niche. We saw a need. Um, and it was really clear when it became grandma. <laughs> what were some of the needs that you noticed that were missing, you know, that were you know, that you could speak, hey, this is real now. No one thinks it's going to happen, but everybody's got a grandma, a granddad, you know, it's coming. A couple of things I would say to that. One is um, working in a nursing home, one of the, one of the first things I learned is because most people think people go to a nursing home to die. They're going there to live. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of made a commitment myself. I was like, you know, any senior that is going to be in my care, I want to do the best I can to make sure that they can live out their life as full as, as possible. And so um, so what people don't kind of understand is when you tell a senior they have to leave home, it's really traumatic for them. And nobody really talks about it. It's almost like it's just a part of our life. Nobody really kind of plans for those steps. At least what that's what we've seen because mm -hmm. we get a lot of calls from the family members, usually the children, and um, nobody's planned for those next steps. And mom or dad has fallen and, you know, maybe have broken something this time, and, and now they may do have to go to a nursing home. But that process traumatic for them. And what I saw um, through our grandmother is that um, she just wanted to get out of her bed and go into her living room and sit in her recliner chair. And surrounding her in her recliner was pictures of her kids and grandkids. She used to take care of um, 
um, other people's children. So she had all their pictures mm-hmm. in there too. And she had this floor model TV. They don't make those anymore. Oh, I remember them. You remember those? Oh, I used to have oh, yeah. to stand there and change the channel for them. <laughs> she had one of those, and she wanted to see all my children and Young and the Restless, and she loved Andy Griffith. So Matt Good Long. TV. <laughs> Good TV. That was her sanctuary. That's all she really wanted. And, um, you know, so just seeing that and just knowing, you know, and I, I know we don't really think about it sometimes, but – um, you know, she built her life there. Um, all her memories were there, and it's really hard to leave. So if we can um, keep them home, because what I've noticed also on the flip side, if they're in a facility, it's, it's a little different um, because it is a facility, um, and you have staff that are trying to take care of, you know, sometimes 20-plus people. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And so even the best ones, you know, you're not just going to get individual care because it's not individual care. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm just giving you a little insight into what that world looks like. So here's what's crazy is like we're all going to be seniors mm-hmm. one day. Why is it so neglected mm-hmm. always until the last minute? I mean, is it because we try to just – you know, push it off like we're not going to get old one day? I mean, what do y'all see from your perspective? Why do people wait so long to create something like what y'all have been able to create? I mean, this has been going on for the last, you know, 15,000 years. Right. So, I mean, why do you think it's taken so long for to bring innovation to senior care? Awareness, education, um, and again, I think people just don't think about it. They're just living life, going through life, and when it happens, I'll deal with it. Mm-hmm. And not planning for it like we plan for anything else, our 401k, our retirement, um, even for death. You know, we plan for that, right? Mm-hmm. But no one plans to um, be taken care of. What happens when I can't take care of myself? What do I want um my last days or my when I get older how do I want to live out those days nobody's thinking about it they're just thinking about right now mm-hmm. and so we work hard to um, do education to go out and do speaking events and to talk about um, long-term care insurance and how you can plan um, to be taken care of in your in your senior days so let's go back a little bit you said this turned into an entrepreneur venture for you guys. And is that something that you wanted to do from a young age, or was it just triggered from this situation with your, your grandmother? You want to hit that, Jess? Because <laughs> I think I was uh, 29, and uh, Jessica was getting ready to turn 21, 21 when we became entrepreneurs. And... Um, we what we found out though in our family we're like a third generation like uh like three generations before us were entrepreneurs but in our family nobody talked about it Mm -hmm. and so um you know so even though we walked in it it wasn't planned either yeah um if that makes sense yeah it's it's um I think we were just destined to um, get into entrepreneurship, like Ishonda said. Um, our family, we didn't look at it as entrepreneurship and, and the, the glicks, the glamour mm-hmm. that you know people uh, portray now. It was just hard work, mm-hmm. good work ethics, and you know just get the job done. 
And so um, it, it, it really played off um, with us now because we're hardworking, we're passionate, and it doesn't feel like work because it's something that we love to do. It's our purpose, our, it's our ministry, really, and, what, and why we do what we do. Yeah, being an entrepreneur is a big roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure y'all have seen that. And y'all have built something very, very awesome in a, in a fairly short period of time. I know it doesn't feel that way to you, right? Just like with us and our team. What are some of the lows that y'all have hit that really hurt as an entrepreneur? Because when you're an entrepreneur, you have a lot more freedom, right? But you have a lot more responsibility too. What are some of the lows that come to mind when you think about the journey over the last 15 years? Um, again, it's, it is the responsibility, right? It's not just um, me thinking about uh, what I can do for me and my family. We have employees. We have um, seniors that are depending on our service. And that's a lot of weight. And, um, you know, when... You know, sometimes the money is not mathing to what we have to pay out and the responsibility of, you know, we got to make sure our employees can do what they need to. They're they're relying on this paycheck. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, sometimes, you know, the real fact not being able to cover payroll. You know, that's a challenge in entrepreneurship and running your business and um, waiting on funds to come in, but still having to pay out and meet obligations. And so um, just the weight of um, the responsibility and making sure that you live up to what you promise. And we know the um, effects when we don't go out and provide a service. Um, And so just, just being able to make sure we have the right staff, that have integrity, you know, that's going into these individuals when we were doing in-home care, going into their homes, providing a great service. Um, you know, our, our core values are honesty, um, professionalism, passion, caring. And so we have to make sure we hire the right people um, to be able to do that and to be able to make sure that our brand and, and what we and our mission is, is, is carried out. How many team members and how many locations do you guys have throughout South Georgia? So um, I, just just a little bit about our journey. So we used to do in-home care. That's what mm-hmm. we started out with our grandmother as our first client. And we actually sold that in 2019. But before we sold, we had over 100 caregivers. Wow. And, um, and I guess to, also to your question about lows of entrepreneurship, I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I would call them lows. I would call them um, opportunities or pivots. Mm-hmm. That's the way we've um, handled them. And so when we had to pivot, when we sold our home care, we really kind of got into real estate. Um, so we, um, you know, in fact, we call ourselves, we've been going back and forth whether we're going to call ourselves the Chick-fil-A of senior care or the McDonald's of senior care. (laughs) And uh, that's funny because we just found out, though, that uh, McDonald's still is the largest real estate holder in the world. That's the way Ray Kroc designed it. 15,000 locations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jessica, you said we were going to be called what? Uh, McDonald's filet. I like that. (laughs) Chick-Donald's. Yeah. So... When we got into real estate, um, the pandemic changed a lot of things, and a lot of people were really, the nursing homes were full, um, the hospitals were full, um, and so we started buying properties and turning them into personal care homes so that people could still live out in the community. It didn't feel like an institutional feeling, 
Um, it was still in the community. It looks like a home that me and you would live in. And so we picked up like 18 of those. And as to date, we have like 27 locations. Either we own them, operate them, franchise them, or lease, lease them to someone else to start their own senior care business. Man, that is cool. That You guys are killing it, and that's exciting, and I'm happy for you. As you guys are entrepreneurs and you're business people and you guys are keeping your eye on what is needed out there, what do you do personally? Like, Who do you associate yourself with? What books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Because we got a lot of business people that w- watch this podcast. We, you know, Blake's mom is the only person that really watches religiously, hey, and mom. I appreciate that. <laughs> Good to see you, Ms. Cook. But um, all the people that are listening, that we love to just share with those um, people who are watching and listening what you guys do. You know, we, what do you do to stay sharp? Or even mentors yeah. that are in your life. Yeah. We've always had a mentor since day one. We have been so blessed in that way. And we've had different mentors throughout our journey. And everyone has had something different or they had what we needed at the time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we had the kind of mentors where if we needed to meet someone, they they would bring us together. You know, it wasn't just talk. It was making the connections. And so mentors have been valuable. We've joined, um, um, what do you call the group that we're in? Mastermind. We were in a mastermind. Um, we have a um, mentor now. Her name is Dr. Tracy Lynn. I think she sold her build her business for over a hundred million. So we we keep getting mentors that can help us as we grow and see different challenges in our business. And the power of that mentor, I think, is like it's like a ceiling breaker. Mm-hmm. It likes uh, they they tell you some of the things that they've already been through that we're getting ready to go through. So it's like when we see it, it's like okay, they told us about this. You know, <laughs> we're, we're ready for it. And so it is so much power in mentorships. It's so much power in being in, being around like minded people because you know we're from America, Georgia. You know, actually we're from Cobb, Georgia, but nobody exactly. know where it is on the map. <laughs> <laughs> so we say Americas, and um, we you know it's a really small town, and so it's important for us to be around like minded people so we continue to grow and feed into us, like you said. Yeah, and you know our our saying is our network equals our net worth. And so we want to be in rooms, bigger rooms, um, where we're not the big vision that we can um, gleam up and we can learn and we're always being poured into so we can pour into the to others um, that, that look up to us. So going back a little bit too to the senior care stuff, you know, there are other senior care businesses out there. What do you think that innovative senior solutions brings to the table that has a little twist to that senior care offering. Mm. It's interesting you saying that because we have another mentor that used to work for Chick-fil-A. And one of the things that he was just telling us, um, he said, guys, he said, don't, don't try to build big, try to build better. Mm. And, um, and so that's what we've been working on. We want to have, um, better facilities we want to have great activities we want to have the best nurses the best team Uh, we want to have great systems you know these are all the things that we're working on um, you know from a business perspective um, so that the experience can be the best experience Um, we know who our clients are they're seniors they're um, you know seniors can start at actually started what 62 Mm -hmm. uh 
62 went up, but we know where our sweet spot is. Um, and so knowing who our client is, number one, and making sure that we serve them the best that we can. Um, just I don't know what you would add. Jessica's probably the one for this question because she's the uh, caretaker of the company. So what would you say? Or the heart. Let me say she's our heart. <laughs> um, you know, it's again, it's our purpose. It's our ministry, and so it's it's more than a business to us. We we um, we started this business because of a, a a need, a personal need, and we wanted not only for our grandmother, but for anyone that needed our services that came in contact with us got the same service and the quality that we gave our grandmother. And so it's um, you know it's just what we do is um, it's it's the why for us. It's the mm-hmm. impact. It's the purpose. It's, it's servitude for us, and so um, we we love what we do, and we wouldn't trade it for anything. And so we just want to make impact, and um, and be able to do that nationwide. And so um, that's why we do what we do. How important is it that you're hiring the right people? Because I mean, you want people to go with you that are going to be impactful. You don't want to hire somebody that you're going to have to fire in 30 days. How important is it that you are? on top of the human resource team is everything you know um that's um they're they're the ones that are out there um doing the work um providing the care um making the brand what it is today and so um team is everything we we put a lot in on the front end because we want to make sure we're bringing in people who have our core values who um who um, is not just looking for a job, but is passionate about caregiving, passionate about serving and helping others. And um, because we can teach you a skill, um, that's no problem, but we wanna make sure character is is important to us and and what we do um, serving and helping others, that's that's, that's, um, what we look for and that's what, um, you know, that's most important for us. If I had to add to that, I think how we stand out, too, in that area is that um, even in our orientation to us, it's about leadership skills. It's about understanding our why and our purpose. I don't know if you guys heard of the Welch Grid, but we even teach that in orientation. Um, The Welch Grid talks about superstars, um, deadwood, cheerleaders, and terrorists. And um, we're looking for those people that we need to get off the team. Um, so that is so important to us to make sure they have that training. We do bring in bring in professionals to do leadership training with our caregivers. And most people do that for their management team. Well, we do that for our front line. Hmm. And so we're all, always giving them education, um, things that make them stand out. Um, so that is, I think that is one of the things that we do. We develop our team. We put time. We invest into our team. Like Tracy said, we have a lot of business owners that listen to this podcast. So I'm going to ask you a business question. So have you ever hired the wrong person? And how did you handle that situation? I mean, obviously, we're not naming names. But, (laughs) you know, when you have that many employees, obviously, at some point, you know, inevitably, you hire, quote, the wrong person. How do you all handle things like that internally? I think it's about your system. And so we have a progressive disciplinary system. 
Um, we want to make sure we're following that. And, um, and that is what we do with our team when we find out we have someone wrong, um, that we've hired someone wrong. First, we want to make sure they know they're doing something wrong mm-hmm. or whatever rule or policy they have violated. We want to make sure they know that. Um, we sit down and talk about it first time, second time. You know, it becomes written. Um, every time we always review that same policy that you violated. So we, they know if it gets to the point where they're terminated or no longer a part of their team, it wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so that's really how we handle that. As we've gotten um, older in business, uh, we try to do that quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the beginning, I think we held on way too long. Um, you know, <laughs> for many reasons, but now we do that, move on that quicker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our um, and our core values is um, it's non-negotiable, and so when we identify it, we have to um, we have to get them off the team because we cannot negotiate um, our core values. That's how we hire. That's how we make business decisions. That's how we, you know, have to fire people, and so it's it's just non-negotiable for us. Yeah. At this point. Hire slow and uh, fire fast, right? That's it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Now, you mentioned systems, and that's how we met. You know, I know processes and standardization is very important to you guys. Why? Go, go deeper into why standardization is so important in your line of work. I can remember when we started our business, and I want to say around, because when we first started our business, me and Jessica were still working as nurses. And then when we both came on full-time and we were, like, swimming, <laughs> um, it um, the business just started to grow, and it grew so fast. Um, and we looked up, and it was, like, over a million dollars, like, three years later. and But we were having all these growing pains and headaches and we didn't know what to do and we was like you know something has to be done here and so happened we met somebody from the small business development center and uh, we went through their grow smart program here in albany and that program was like life to us Uh, and one of the things they taught us was about systems i think we read the e-myth book Mm -hmm. um i think we had read good to great Um, We learned financial literacy through there. So it was just giving us life. And when we finished that Grow Smart, we took time out. We wrote our mission, our vision, our core values. We wrote policy and procedures. And after that, we doubled in growth. So that's how important it is to have systems. And also, you know, um, you know, with our systems, you know, we want to we want to be a, a globally um, known agency company business and so with our um, consultant arm we help other individuals start their business and we know the importance of systems and um, making sure they don't have to reinvent the wheel the the things that we went through um, you know the trials the hardship the hard knocks um, you know we have systems and now so where it took us three years to um, get to that profitability and to have those systems and get over those growing pains now we can help individuals enter into this space and um, and do that within six months you know they don't have to go through that um, and so systems is so important and um, so we just don't we want to help other people um, entering this space and not reinvent the wheel. So, And then systems, too, as a business, because I know you say it's a lot of business leaders, systems has helped us sell a business. S- systems has helped us acquire businesses. And systems are going to ultimately help us, you know, sell again. So it's important to have systems. Amen. 
Amen. <laughs> Are y'all the type of people that work 24-7 or do you kind of shut off at the end of the day and it's kind of my time? You know, it's kind of hard to do as an entrepreneur anyway. But tell me about your personalities and how you work and what it looks like. You know, do you turn off at five o'clock or is your phone on all the time? I think when we first became entrepreneurs, we were probably that 24-7 person that you just described. <laughs> but um, we've read books and we've been to conferences and we've you know, been in rooms with people who don't always do that. And so we have purposely um, worked not to do that. Um, I have uh, five kids. I have two adult kids, but I have triplet girls that are um, seven. <laughs> and so um, I really work to turn off. Uh, really, my work day now ends around two. Uh, we do some things after two, but um, for the most part, we kind of shut off. And then we've worked really hard to have systems and people in place to run operations um, so that we can work on the business and not really working in the business. So that's how I would answer that. Just what would you say? I think you said it. Um, yeah, we have um, through the 16 years, we have, you know, went through stages where, um, you know, we had to be that that person. And so now with growing and scaling and having systems and teams, you know, we know the importance of where we're trying to take innovative senior solutions. And so um, having those um, individuals there and being able to work on the business and not in the business um, is, is our strategy. And so um, and even if we do work, uh, we have we have built we have built that where we can work when we want, how we want and where we want and with whom we want. And so that's uh, that's has been our goal. And so, you know, we we can be in it at, at, uh, and will on the beach and, mm -hmm. and we may be working, uh, but we work when, where and how and with whom we want. And so, um, yeah. High five. I love that. <laughs> How long did it take you guys? Are you doing the consulting wing? You're running your businesses successfully. How long did it take you guys to get out of that imposter syndrome? A lot of uh, entrepreneurs suffer from that, right? You, hey, I want to be the best. I think I'm the best. And now people are asking me for my advice. When do you turn that off? It was kind of hard for us and our businesses to say, maybe people do want to hear what we say. Because I've always like, nah, they don't want to hear what I got to say. Was that, was that a struggle for you guys? Not really, because even before we started our business, I did that for another company. I was a nurse consultant, so I was teaching. I guess I've always been doing it, or I, was, I had history doing it. And so, um, of course, when we started our business, the focus was getting the business running. But once the, build, the business became stable, um, really once we sold and pivoted and um, started doing, um, I think we've done everything. Um, in senior care, um, going to different conferences, joining different associations. You kind of know when it's time, right? And so I don't know what Jessica would say to that. but Yeah, I think um, it wasn't until, you know, we sold our business because I guess I was so focused on making sure that um, we lived up to what we did. And so um, now and, and being in those different rooms and hearing and saying, Oh well, we 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 done that. We have the proof, and so um, being able to um, you know 
have to prove and other people validating you like well I can do that and so it um, you know just getting the confidence to say we are worthy to be able to um, to, to help others because we have done a lot that a lot of business owners have not done that are in the business and just, you know, seeing the stats of, you know, um, the percentage of, like, it's only 6% of um, business owners that ever reach six figures. Mm-hmm. And so that number goes down for seven figures. And so we've accomplished those things. And so we should be able to share and help others, um, you know, get to where, we are and where we're, you know, and beyond and where we're trying to go as well. So getting that confidence. I want to add to that too. I just thought about something, Jessica. When we, so me and Jessica had the opportunity to go to um, Dartmouth to t- School of Tuck is for um, minority business owners. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we had this class one day, it was like 30, 30 entrepreneurs in there. And the, instructor told us this these were the only instructions she told us when she walked in she said you know she gave us this sheet of paper she said it had like 30 questions on it she said you guys have um 25 minutes to answer these questions it and she she turned the the um starter on the (laughs) clock on and so uh at the end of the 25 minutes how many people had all the answers nobody and she told us you know we we fail miserably and she said the class that got it right was the class where someone stood up and said, what do you have? Mm-hmm. What do you have? What do you have? And she was showing us the power of working together. Yeah. And after we left that, um, after we left Tuck, we knew then, you know, we want to be a nationally known company, but we're not going to be able to do it ourselves. Right. So we're going to have to help other people mm-hmm. do what we do and touch, be able to touch more seniors. And so that was really the start of that for us. And it was really when we start doing it. That's a great story. I mean, who, who thought, I mean, you're sitting there as a student, you're like, nah, maybe I shouldn't ask everybody. But mm-hmm. now you took that with you and you've inspired others, even us, right? Ask the people in your network. Yeah. Why is integrity so important? I know that's one of your core values. Explain why integrity is so, such a big part of your business. Oh my gosh. It is so, so important. It is so important as you grow. And the reason I say that is because as you grow, you start seeing things dangled in front of you. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be able to have that internal, um, that, that internal, you know, value, core value to say no. And so it's so important to have that, even, even small and even big. Mm-hmm. And so that's just a value that we started with. In fact, when we started with our core values, what we did was listed a things, we listed the things that we did not want to see in our business. And then we turned around and wrote the word that was opposite of the things that we did not want to see in our business. Wow. And, um, and that has been the uh, God and light for us. Oh, yeah. Usually in a business, especially in a partnership, right? Somebody told me one time the only sinking ship is a partnership, <laughs> which obviously is not true. Thank you. Thank you, partner. <laughs> Usually, though, with a successful business, you have two partners with two different personalities. Tell me about your personalities and usually somebody's like more of a visionary, somebody's more of an integrator or a manager. Tell me how you split that workload and how you see it internally. We're just that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more the visionary. I'm more of the uh, business side. And she's the heart. 
She's the one that's going to make sure the care is provided and it's going to be provided to the best possibility that it can be provided. And that's how we come together. Um, I, I know as a visionary, I, I see a lot of stuff, but she will bring <laughs> it down and say, well, maybe we just, you know, let's start here. And so it's always kept us in a really good balance mm-hmm. um, because of that. Pulling each other out of the ditch on issues. Mm-hmm. We, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Knowing, knowing your role and knowing what um, you're best at. And so I don't try to get in her lane and vice versa. Uh, you know, I know um, my strengths. And that's what I do in our business. And um, you know, was not my strength. We, we, we. She has it, and so it, it works. It seems like y'all work really well together and understand each other. Obviously, y'all have been in business together, but you know, usually somebody has more energy at a certain point in their life. Like Tracy knows if I walk in and I'm at 15%, he's going to have to carry me 85, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I never talk good about Tracy to his face, but (laughs) we understand each other in that way. Do y'all feel the same way? Like sometimes you have to carry each other's workload. Sometimes maybe you're under personal stress or something like that. I think we show up for each other. I mean, definitely, we're we're partners. We're we're sisters, and so this goes, you know, is 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 definitely deep. I I know that um, she always will have my best interest and vice versa. And so that's, um, I have no fear. I have no doubt. You know, most partnerships are not um, um, family is friends. You know, so it can be broken. And so we have something that runs deeper. And so mm-hmm. we will never let business things uh, of that nature come in between, um, you know, um, what we have um, as a family. And so I, she always have my back. I always have her back. And so wherever we're slacking, yes, the other one will, you know, will we'll, we'll definitely pull up and, and do what needs to be done. And so uh, that's the joy of being able to work with my sister and my business as my business partner as well. So I know. What were y'all like as kids? We didn't would you, get along. Would you, you did? <laughs> Isn't that Listen, crazy? I don't even remember her coming up. I was eight years older yeah. than her. Yeah, I don't even remember <laughs> her coming up. I, I told on her all the time. Like, whenever she got out of line and she wanted to do something, oh, oh yeah, I had her by the... Yes. <laughs> so my brother's nine years older than me, and he's like, we didn't... I didn't even know you were come, become friends with you until you were an adult. Right, yeah. So I, I kind of get that. Yeah. yeah. So now you're running this business together. You see each other all the time. That's, But that's good, though. I, you got each other's back. I think it's great. and uh, You can move that train forward. Do y'all have hobbies outside of work? And what's your, your favorite thing to do outside? Maybe to escape or maybe just for fun? <laughs> that's always the worst question for us. <laughs> We're working on it. Mm-hmm. We're working on getting a hobby. <laughs> we, have ho- we love traveling. Um, we had a chance to go to south of France, and I think we really enjoyed seeing other cultures and eating the food and seeing how the people lived. And so if I had to have a hobby at this point, it would probably be that. I told you I had triplets, right? Right. That, so, that is currently a hobby. lot of time. <laughs> I don't have much time on my hands. <laughs> they have hobbies. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. I think my hobby is, is, is living my best life. Uh, my best life for me is um, 
on the beach vacationing in the spa. Um, that's that's my hobby. I know it's not good. I know that's not like a real hobby. I'm oh, working yeah, on yeah. those that's things too. Yeah, but sounds great. You know, that's that's what I love to do. <laughs> I want a hobby one day. That sounds you know, like a good place a to start. <laughs> you have a couple. <laughs> what advice would you give somebody that's uh, starting out? It doesn't matter what the business is, right? You got to work hard. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. You got to pay your dues. What, what advice would you give somebody? And this is to a, a business. Someone yeah. starting a business. Uh, number one, have a business plan. Do your research. Mm-hmm. That's that's number one. Um, number two, get a mentor. It's priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, learn to read your financials. First of all, have financial statements mm-hmm. and then Amen. learn to read them. <laughs> Oh, goodness. I would just say do what you love to do. And so it'll never feel like work. Um, You know, make sure it's something that you're passionate about and you're going to you're going to do the work. Right. Mm You're going to make sure you show up. You're going to do all the things that you need to do. But um, don't don't ever do it for money, for fame, Um, you know, when you when you go into business, it's to solve a problem, it's to be a solution. And so, um, when you do that, just make sure you keep that at core. That it's it's a it's your passion, it's your purpose, and um, you know, um, you'll do great things. Going nationwide is kind of a big deal, right? Um, y'all are the what do you call it? The Chick Donalds, right? <laughs> McDonald Filet. McDonald Filet sounds better. So, what? You know, what are the next steps and what does the vision look like to carry something like that out? So seven years ago, maybe, we wrote our BHAG, our Big Harry Audacious mm-hmm. Goal, and it said something like, um, In 20 years, ISS will be a globally recognized corporation setting standards of innovative caregiving through comprehensive senior networks touching every household. Wow. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. So wrote that seven years ago, and every year we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, We're pretty much all over the state of Georgia now. Um, I'm pretty sure in the next five years, right now we are the largest adult day center owner in Georgia. And um, in five years, I think we're going to be in a pretty good place where we can hopefully partner with the larger equity holder to take it nationwide very cool just like you said you got to surround yourself with the right people Mm -hmm. and good people what's it like being uh, women in business Um, for the listeners I'm not female so I would not know (laughs) what's it like and how is it different and are there additional challenges and or benefits to being women in business today I'm going to say my experience, and I'll let Jessica talk about hers. Um, For me, um, my mom was the basketball coach in Americas, and so, but we lived in Cobb, and so um, when I went to school every day, because she had to coach, she couldn't always pick me up, and so um, there was another teacher that lived in Leslie, um, and she was a white woman, and she used to pick me up because her daughter was there, and I uh, spent a lot of time with them. Um, I ate dinner with them. I played with her kids. She treated me like I was one of her kids. And I think that experience blessed me so because as I became 
Um, as my career took off, as I became a, even before my entrepreneurship, I was always in a room where I might have been the only female, the only black female. But because that experience, I, I felt comfortable. Yeah. I didn't, you know, so I think it kind of prepared me for that. And so to answer your question, I feel like I need to be in the room just like everybody else. And I don't, and I don't know if it's because I felt comfortable because of that experience or what, but I think so. That's awesome. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, um, of course, um, everything has its challenges, but, you know, when I just look at it as I'm my own, um, I put the limits on myself, and so no one else can do that. And so um, I guess uh, being an entrepreneur, being our own, our own boss, you know, we make the lane. And so no one can limit us because what's in us and what's for us is, is, is for us. And, um, you know, I just, I just, we just live by um, the biblical principles. What's for me is for me. And so, um, you know, even though, you know, it's all these things about, you know, um, men, women, minority, you know, we, we, we walk in our own lane. We make, we make it happen. And so if it, um, Whatever, whatever we have to do, we have to go above, around. We're going to get to that destination, and so um, I, I see no, I see no, um, no issues with being a, a minority, a woman-owned, uh, black-owned business owner. There's no limit. <laughs> well, there's no doubt that all of us at this table have been extremely blessed mm-hmm. with the experiences we've had, and to be able to come together you know, as entrepreneurs, I think it's fantastic. And it's also important, like you said, and for our listeners, I think the biggest thing is kind of iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. Don't always be the smartest person in the room, which for me is very, very easy, right? (laughs) So it's very important to get in front of the right people. And I think y'all, what y'all have built is insanely awesome and you should be extremely proud. Thank you. <laughs> we're happy you spent some time with us today, and we, we do appreciate that. We now, do have a little game we're going to play. Though. Before we oh, let you go, we oh, always oh. play this game with our guests. It's called First Class or Bus Pass. And we'll give you an example. Blake, First Class or Bus Pass, the Atlanta Braves baseball team. I would say first class. Okay. I mean, they've had their struggles over the last 20 years, but <laughs> in the last three, they have proved themselves to be something, and they're going to be great this year again. All right. Okay. So, if so you love first it, class. If you love it, it's first class. <laughs> if you want to just say skip it, it's bus pass. So first thing out of the gate, long meetings. First class or bus pass? Bus pass. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come in with an agenda, oh. hit that agenda, agenda, and you're, we're out. Level 10, baby. <laughs> we don't practice that, though. <laughs> Sometimes they do. We try. They get a little lengthy. All right, another one, sushi. Just sushi in general. Bus pass. Uh-uh. Not, that's not my guess. For real? No. How about we you? We did have some good, one, uh, good sushi in Las Vegas one time. How about that? that? I don't think it was the real thing. It was like the California. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My favorite sushi comes from a gas station just right outside of Leslie. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Walmart delivery. First class. class. Uh, I love it. If I don't have to get out and go in there, I love it. I haven't been to Walmart in like three years. Amen. (laughs) 
I like Walmart. I just like it when they come to me. I've got one. How about Chat GPT? I'm getting ready to hire somebody to teach me first <laughs> class. Uh, from my understanding, I hear it's going to be a game changer like the internet was to us many years ago. So we're getting ready to learn it. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, it helps you it write anything. Anything. Oh, well, we need a tutorial. Oh, yeah. We'll do it. We got some people in the next room that can help you. All right. This is the last one. And I guess I went way too heavy on food, but it's just what I do. Waffle House. First class. All right. Me too. I love it. <laughs> what, what's your go-to on the menu? Um, I get oh, the sirloin. Oh, yeah. And eggs, I do. The I sirloin is way better than it people should be. think. Yes. Actually, it's like yes. grade A beef. And you know, their, their chicken breast is awesome, too. They buy some mm-hmm. of the highest quality chicken breast ever. But the sirloin is good. Yeah. Ashonda, Jessica, y'all are amazing. I wish you the best of luck. You don't need it. You work really hard. Right. And y'all are going to go nationwide very soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank y'all. Come back again soon. Yes, we'll love to. Thank you for having us, and we have enjoyed, and we thank you all for helping us to get to the nation, um, to be nationwide because of the system. So thank you all. To find out more about our guests, Ashonda Blue and Jessica Wright, visit their website at InnovativeSeniorSolutions.com. Today's show is brought to you in part by Due Process. Standardize, onboard, and optimize. Click or call today to see how we can help take your business to the next level. DueProcessUSA.com. Process is Everything is a production of the Levy Studios. It's the right thing to do. Visit TheLevyStudios.com for more information. Subscribe to Process is Everything wherever you find your favorite podcast. Process is Everything.